Good afternoon, everyone. It is my favorite time. I got the two Michaels with me. Virtually got one in a car, which I normally am. Hello, Michael. I'm broken. I'm, I'm pulling the D Meltzer today, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we need somebody, the, the mobile side of things. And uh, Mikey D, welcome as well. And I just realized I'm uh, a little short on having the wrong notes pulled up. So uh, I may not lead off this one, but we want to welcome Bo Michael Unbroken, taking our time to be here on, uh, I think it was, uh, what, episode 528 of Office Hours. And um, was one of the first to start this with me before COVID or a week before COVID started. And I'm just amazed this is turned into a TV series. And 528. We averaged three guests an episode. Do You do the math. It's almost catching up to the playbook. Anyway, uh, we're not going to be done with uh, Dylan here as well. And I was hoping, uh, Mikey Diamond, you have the notes up there. You get to introduce Dylan because I'm going to go ahead and look for the right day. Well, Dylan, welcome to Office Hours. And I love this. Bear Balance. The yes, sir. The creatine gummy. I'm a workout guy. I love creatine. I love feeling strong. So what inspired, I'm serious, it's such a great product. What inspired you to create a creatine gummy? It was a, uh, so I used to work at SpaceX, work out with a group of guys there um, almost five days a week. And it was one of their fiancés actually that uh, that came up with the idea. He spilled all his creatine on him while we were uh, leaving work one day, getting ready for the gym. He made a big, you know, he was complaining about it. We cracked jokes, made fun of him, told him to stop crying. He went home cried to his wife, or his fiance, and she was the one with the brilliant, you know, response. If you can't handle putting powder in a shaker, why don't you just get on Amazon and buy the gummies? And, uh, you know, he came back to work the next day. He told us what she said. We all had a good laugh. Uh, no one talked about it. Um, you know, two minutes later, it was, it was gone. It was lost. It was forgotten. I went home and tried to buy these gummies on Amazon to bring them to work so we could all, you know, crack another joke at them. And lo and behold, they weren't there. And that's what really, uh, that's what got the gears turning. Brand. That's amazing. Okay. So I have a question, and I got my my regular notes up, so I'm not uh, half loaded normally. I'm just fully loaded. <laughs> um, stabilizing gummies is no joke, um, and you know I uh, have invested in a company that has uh, called I think Booze Chews, and they were able to stabilize a gummy uh, with alcohol and. You know, most people think, hey, that's a great idea, but it's not as easy as it looks. Um, so what were some of the challenges that you faced uh, being able to deliver creatine in a gummy? Absolutely. So, um, you know, there's a lot of active ingredients that don't hold up under certain conditions. And when you're making natural gummies, what you are primarily dealing with or combating is those low acidic pH profiles. So there are some vitamins, minerals, nutrients that, you know, they they can hold up relatively well under the, under those conditions. There's other ingredients, even vitamins, that um, you know you need to encapsulate these sorts of things. And there's various different forms of encapsulation methods, but it doesn't only uh, you know it doesn't just end at the the cooking process or uh, when you drop that pH to get your natural pectin-like gummies to set. You've got to worry about uh, shelf life and stability, and that's a that's one thing that anyone that's going to be investing in your company. Um, or your consumers, your brand loyalists, people that are, you know, investing in your product, they're going to want to be reassured by the fact that you don't just have another gummy that, you know, you can get anywhere on the market because a lot of these companies, they're not encapsulating things. They're not worried about the longevity of the product. So I had to go 
uh, this was during COVID. I had to go and talk to anyone that would listen to me at the time. You know, I'm, I've got a modest salary at SpaceX. I've got a little nest egg built up, just enough to get a company started. Not enough to undergo the R&D or product development that a lot of bigger companies might be able to leverage, you know, given the resources. So uh, the one thing I did, I think that was real pivotal and critical during that time was I hopped on LinkedIn. I started reaching out to food scientists. I started reaching out to people with confectionery trade in their posts. I started reaching out to people in the THC and the CBD space that were working on uh, functional foods or, or gummy products. And I was super lucky. I found a handful of um, guys and gals that were willing to work with me simply because the idea was cool and they had nothing better to do at home during the time. Dylan, that's, that's like awesome. divine timing, man. And I think about that so much, <laughs> how, how simple it is to just reach out to someone and knowing that most people want to help you. Like, that's the thing I think we forget about as business owners and entrepreneurs. It's like people want to be helped and they in return want to help. Um, one of the things I'm curious about, I, I can't help but ask this question, what skills transferred over from SpaceX to this? This so, is just mind blowing <laughs> to me, man. I love yeah. this idea. I mean, yeah, you've got rocket scientists at SpaceX, and then you've got the guys that are, you know, working with those engineers and um, those scientists building the rockets. So I was on the, I, I was that intermediate. I was like an engineering technician. So a lot of math, a lot of science, a lot of um, physical wherewithal building these rockets. Uh, one thing you wouldn't consider going into the gummy manufacturing business is that this is a really hands-on, physical, laborious, <laughs> laborious and laboratory-like job all wrapped into one. Uh, you're essentially working with a chemistry when you're in the confectionery trade dealing with pectin gummy products. You're, you've got a really narrow window to land that pH. You've got active ingredients that influence it. You've got colors, flavors, um, you know, water activity. This is where my academia really came into play. I've got an associate's in engineering. You know, I took almost every chemistry you could at college. And that was actually my favorite time spent um, at school was sitting there and working these labs, um, burning stuff, getting stuff to change colors, you know, the, the stuff you think is fun um, when you think about chemistry and just being able to rely on the bare bones of that of my education because there's so much math and chemistry that went into this gummy making process, not knowing anything about the confectionery trade. I was able to nail it down in a considerably decent amount of time. I think anyone that could have successfully done it probably would have took them a year like it took me, but I wouldn't have been able to do it at all had I not had that little bit of education. Dylan, well, first of all, I'm gonna go back. You said you were lucky and that's not true. Preparation meets opportunity is luck. You came in with the right mindset, then you went after it and you weren't waiting to wishing upon a star. Like they say, right? God can move mountains, but you better bring a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> what I wanna ask you is this, and Dave and Mike and I always, always talk about this. You've gotta go be in the right room. And some people blow off like colleges and things like that. But that network at SpaceX, you're around smart people, even though it's a different thing, but you're learning from those people, right? Can you talk about that? Because people think math is stupid or this is stupid. They don't realize, you know what I mean? They don't realize where you're gonna be on in the journey. It's, you know what I mean? It's like they, they, get, they get off the road too quickly. So could you talk about just how important it is being in that room with different people yeah. and the ideas and critical thinking? Absolutely. Um, you know, every day was a critical thinking day. And it actually, uh, you know, I think about this a lot, far too often that, you know, we're all molecules. We just happen to collide every now and then. 
and there's these spontaneous combustions that are a result of it. And I mean, even this conversation with with you three right now, uh, you know, this is another one of those moments in time that more than likely are not going to reoccur. This probably won't happen again, but there will be some derivative that someone gets from it, that I get from it, that you gentlemen get from it. Um, and we're able to take it and manifest it into something entirely different. And being around those like-minded individuals at SpaceX, these people, they're, they're at the top of their game. They're in their, you know, they're in the highlight of their careers. They're day in and day out. They're pushing themselves mentally and physically, um, you know, to, to they're, they're breaking these, these barriers. They're having these breakthroughs. Doing that every day, being surrounded by these people who are, you know, they love waking up in the morning and telling themselves, I'm going to do what I did yesterday, but I'm going to take it an inch further every single day. That boils over into everything you do, uh, whether you, during your workouts, um, with your entrepreneurial endeavors at school, with your, you know, your your loved ones, your your friendships, any relationships or anything you want to invest yourself in that carries over. And that's what those guys at SpaceX or those guys and girls at SpaceX really taught me was that it's not just while you're at work, it's, you know, it's a component of life. And you're part of the component of life is why I love the two Michaels here. You know, Michael Unbroken uh, came out uh, to SoFi with us and showed up to be into that space and to surround himself with all these extraordinary people and, you know, my schedule isn't in the position where I know exactly who's around me all the time. It's always like a surprise birthday party in some respects that I'm like, whoa, I didn't know you were here. And I'm so <laughs> glad that he was. Uh, and even showing up here, right? I, as you notated by not, me not having my notes, I have no idea. I'll walk into a podcast and go, holy shit, it's the Stimo <laughs> Pepsi. That's cool. Um, and, you know, yet, Michael Diamond and Michael Unbroken, they show up. You know, there's other people that don't. And it's interesting how you talked about learning common denominators of people that just don't see the opportunity, even if they're prepared. You're not working at SpaceX if you're not prepared and you haven't had an extraordinary education and experience. And my biggest frustration as a man and a coach is that I see the un-Michaels there. You know, I got one of my friends launching a book and it's like, and I'm coaching this kid. I'm like, dude, you are showing up in the wrong crowd, right? You're showing up. There's so many opportunities that you could have literally sold 5,000 books, but instead you're in crowds that are buying one book or asking it for free. Uh, it consists books. And I'm like, it's so frustrating. What do you have to say as someone that you know, showed up in the right crowd, made the right ass, and now has this extraordinary business because of it. And other people who have comparable background skills, knowledge, just don't have the understanding to and you. You got to show up in the right crowds. It's not just showing up. You know, that's, um, I think this is something we all, we all undergo, whether we're learning from it while we're in transition or we're not. But you notice people, uh, you know, you, you're around a certain crowd in high school and you, you're not really so concerned with the people that are going to be best suited to position you later in life. And you, you disregard it. You go to college, you meet more people, you start to connect with people um, and value their, their specific skill sets or, or what their strong suits are. Maybe they're, 
Maybe they've, um, you know, there's someone you want to surround yourself in a classroom because you want to do better in that class. Maybe there's someone you surround yourself with out on the field because you want to be better, better at sports. You're slowly inching your way in every aspect of life towards the pinnacle of, of your highlight reel. Um, you know, you're, you're steering clear of the blooper reel or you, or you should be. And the only time people aren't typically is when you just don't, you don't, or you're not able to sort of see those windows open, but they're there. Every day, those windows are there, and if you decide not to go through them, it's it's usually um, by choice. Yeah, and it also in that kind of feeding and bleeding chain with the relativity spectrum that is aligned with or indicative or ties those relationships is not just in the business realm. You know, I had to learn in my own uh, respect personally uh, that you know, wife said one time, you know, why is it you spend so much time as I'm answering the phone for dinner? with people that you don't know or barely know. And yet you say that you're prioritizing the people that you love the most. And I think it is an exact uh, attribute that can be both personal and professional of understanding how businesses like yours really come to the evolution. Uh, but uh, Dylan, we uh, have to have you back. We have many shows, all three of us. Uh, I love your journey, the bare balanced, providing <laughs> a world-class product and solopreneurship and exemplary understanding of the world's first creatine gummy uh, stemmed from an idea of a sloppy friend into, <laughs> a, into a stable solution. Uh, check out Bear Balance, bearbalance.com. Dylan, come back and join us soon, man. Thank you so much for your efforts. Thank you, David. Thank you, Mike. Mike. Mike and Mike. Next on the mic with Mike and Mike. And I uh, know in front of us is Ben Reinberg is here, the CEO of Alliance of Consolidated Group of Companies, BenReinberg.com. Welcome to Office Hours. How are you? Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, no, I was excited to have you on because one of the areas uh, in real estate that I've always uh, felt of not asking enough question of is how to utilize tax benefits efficiencies and minimize my risk uh, by producing passive income and there's you know it's a matter of experience there's tons of guys like you ben that have been doing it for long enough that if somebody is willing to take the time to ask for directions you're willing to give directions of something that can create seven eight nine figures of passive income for the rest of your life and your children's and grandchildren's and grandchildren life so i wanted to have you on uh, to first give me a quick overview of particularly where you see uh, and have been able to accelerate wealth well through a resistant uh, recession-proof type of historical successful industry in investing in real estate. Well, just to start off, it is a marathon business, Dave, and it's just and Mike and Mike, it's nice to meet you. It's it is a business where you have to be in it for the long haul. And the key of the business that most people don't talk people about. Don't, people don't like that. You, you already turned off 99% of the people. Well, it's the oh, this is, an overnight, I, I, this is an overnight success scam. I'm not interested. I it's, actually have to hold on. It's a marathon business, but guess what? It's the best business in the world because it produces massive wealth. So the most business billionaires in the world in commercial real estate, especially coming from Chicago. I am part of a group of icons that I looked up to between Sam Zell, the Crowns, the Pritzkers, 
um, you name it. Um, I am born and raised in Chicago, and that's in my life. I live in in uh, Laguna, California. Now my office I sit in is in Newport Beach. Um, I'm lucky that I get warm weather now, not ice and snow. But the key of the business, and no one tells you this, is the ability to hold. And one of the reasons why people struggle is they don't set themselves up, Dave, for the ability to hold. You have to be able to ride cycles in this business. And you see a cycle forthcoming. We're kind of in the midst of it. It's probably going to happen. You're going to have trillions of dollars of loans coming due next year, and it's going to cause a lot of chaos in the market. There's going to be a lot of opportunities, which uh, a company like Alliance, my company, and our experience level, we thrive on chaos because we see a lot of buying opportunities. So we're keeping our powder dry and getting ready for this incredible market we, we see coming up. And so um, with that being said, the ability to hold is to ride through cycles. See, cash flows go like this in the business. They're like moguls. Everyone thinks that cash flow just keeps ascending because it sounds nice and pretty. But the reality is, is that you have to buy at the dips, you have to sell it at the heights, and you need the ability to hold the ride through cycles to make intelligent decisions. So how do you do that? You have enough reserves. Uh, you do enough due diligence on the acquisition. All the money is in the dirt when you buy the land, depending if it's an existing asset or you're developing. And so at the end of the day, when you adhere to real estate fundamentals throughout your career, and you really underwrite them properly, you know, market rents, vacancy rents, absorption rents, price per square foot type of construction, uh, credit worthiness of tenants. Uh, you look at where's my rent compared to market. All these factors matter. It's what I teach my acquisition guys in our company. And it's what when people ask me for advice, I have a lot of people around the world ask me for advice on commercial real estate. And I say to them, create the ability to hold. The ability to hold is better than location, location, location. That's a residential type term. When it comes to commercial real estate, it's the ability to hold. It will always be that way. And so if you adhere to the principles and you're conservative enough and you're under, and you have to do every deal, but you want to do the right deals. And that's why we have such an outstanding track record. You take medical office alone, which is the most conservative asset and we're raising a significant amount of money for our new fund that we just rolled out. Uh, it's a 24% IRR average over our career on medical, which is incredible. And so if you look across the board, I'm an office industrial and retail expert. We're probably dipping towards low 30s, high 20s overall throughout the years. And Dave, I know I look like I'm 25 years old. I'm actually 53. And I've been doing this now for almost 30 years. So I'm a veteran. I'm in the prime of my career. I'm really excited for the next 20 years of my career, and I'm not stopping. And so this is why investors, high net worth accredited investors are gravitating because they see our leadership team, guys, and it's 200 plus years of experience outside of Ben Reinberg. And so you throw that culmination of talent in my company and what we're doing with a great asset class and great ability to asset manage and property manage our portfolio. It's just a win-win for passive investors. I'd be with you, Ben, if uh, I knew you in my 30s, or at least if you had your podcast when I was 30. Uh, in the I Own It podcast, a great resource. If you're too afraid to reach out to Ben for help directly, just listen to the podcast. You're going to get some of the greatest advice and directions to where you want to be in a proven mathematical situation called commercial real estate. Anyway, Mikey D, I see you unmuted and ready to go. Get those yeah, it's just so – I love him because it's – the marathon and people don't get the process. What I was going to ask you is this. Do you think that most people, especially nowadays, um, they get comparison syndrome and they spend too much time looking at people standing in front of cars they don't own 
properties they don't own and thinking it's glitz and glamour. We, we all know it's bullshit. It, it's hard work. Have you? I don't know if you've read the fourth turning, great book that talks about the cycles and we're going through the crisis now in the fourth turning. And if you look back to the 1920s and 1930s, it's exactly the same stuff. You know what I'm saying? And if you can read the patterns, it's got to go like this. It's like the fall, the winter, and, and everyone's out there thinking it's summer. So how do you teach someone, especially someone younger, because you had good mentors young and you obviously listened, to slow down, stop, just listen, shut up, don't spend what you don't have, play the long game. It takes time. How do you teach someone that? You know, I didn't come from money. And so I think I was, I was humble when I got in the business and I had nothing to lose. And mentors taught me that be patient. It's a, it's a long game. Be patient, learn, absorb, be a sponge. You know, when I was younger, it wasn't like these verbose kids, this trophy generation. I have three kids, believe me, I know. And uh, I'd love to, I'd love to come back as them. But when I was a kid, I have the benefits. My kids, I'm sure some of our kids, I know Dave has, you know, 10 kids. I don't want to, he gets everything. No, yeah. it's so, so, so with that being said, it's, it's a, it was a different time and different generation. I mean, you know, when, when you're, when you're born in the seventies and there wasn't the internet and there wasn't as glitz and glam, everything was shoe leather. You know, I used to wear a suit, Mike, for God knows, maybe 20 years. Okay. I stopped wearing a suit. A while ago and then i moved to california and everyone's casual so i have closets of great suits if anyone needs suits out there um, <laughs> i look forward to throwing one on once in a while because I, I miss it but so that was my generation it was shoe leather it was going out i would see a guy like dave Meltzer. we'd meet in the conference room uh i would i would give him my my uh marketing package when i was raising equity it was different it was hustle it was it was i didn't have anything else left to go except for work hard and hustle i had nothing backstopping me and it was this was my dream to get to this point and so i had to work hard i took nothing for granted i listened i was grateful for everyone that taught me during the way through the ups and downs i had great people coaching me now there was no real mentors or coaching back when i was a young man there's no that term didn't really exists like if i had a dave Meltzer, i could pick up the phone i mean can you imagine where my career would be right now it'd be crazy we I needed mean, each I, other brother we needed each other right, right. and so <laughs> right true. we need each other i didn't have him but what i had to do is i had to ask questions i had to learn i'm also a cpa i graduated from indiana university and my mother said to me is Get, I know one of your kids went there. I'm, I'm a big Hoosier. And I went to the Indiana School of Business before it became the Kelly School of Business. But I, what I did is when I got there, I, I doubled down and said, I'm going to focus. I'm going to get an accounting degree. I'm going to learn the numbers. And I'm going to use it as a foundation to get into business. And that's what I did. And so I had some great people that gave me education. I take great notes. You'll see, Mike, I, I'm one of the few guys, I have thousands of these legal pads on my desk, on my hip. I said, everyone that works for me, whenever you come in my office, you should have a pad of paper on your hip. I say it to my kids, write it down, because everyone thinks they could just remember everything. It's, a, it's bull. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But so write it down. And I learned these things, all these habits, writing things down, asking questions, being respectful to the guys that, that developed the path. You know, being from Chicago, when you see like Michael Jordan talk about, you know, Scott and talking about magic and bird and uh, and Kareem 
and all these guys, it was the same answer I had. It's like I had to respect the guys that paved the way to allow commercial real estate to thrive. So it was a local regional business when I started. The internet became more prevalent and all of a sudden became national and international type business. And so I've had stepping stones and learn all the way. And I think one of the things that I do, Mike, that I'm very proud of is I work on myself. I'm big into personal development. Uh, you know, I listen to guys like Dave Meltzer and hear some of his words of wisdom and I keep absorbing and learning and become stronger and stronger. And I'm very vulnerable because I realize in this business is you have to be vulnerable. You have to listen. You have to continue to grow and learn and work on yourself, and improve your communication. And I do all this because I let my actions speak for my words. And I teach that to my staff. It's like, you don't need to say how great we are. Let your actions show. How do you do that? Great deals, good fiduciary of capital, good underwriting, good pitches, good explanation, educating people. And, and what ends up happening? Raising more money, great deals, building wealth, great tax benefits. And guess what? We produce tremendous wealth for our investors and it keeps growing and growing. And there's opportunities for our staff and leadership team to build wealth as well. And so I think just to answer your question, it's, it's, there's a difference of, there's a gap between the societies. There's, there's different ways of how we educate people. I'm more self-educated and more, you know, street. You have to realize, Mike, when I was eight years old, I was selling cigarettes at a bar to be able to buy Slurpees and candies. That's what I had to do to put money in my pocket. You look at my kids, that never happened for them. I have two sons, I have two sons that go to USC and I have a daughter in around Dana Point, California. I mean, you look at the the the, the demographics. I mean, it's totally different than where I was in, in, in certain areas of Chicago. So it's just like right. it is what it is. Yeah, that, Ben, that's incredible. Uh, first off, as somebody who spent a long time at IU doing things that were unbecoming of a young gentleman, I am not a degree of IU, but I have definitely learned quite a bit there. Um, question, you know, you mentioned this, the questions that you asked coming up were foundational because you listened, because you paid attention, because you followed through, because you took notes. When, when people are starting this and, and you know, I think Mike and, and David do such an amazing job about this. And I always think about this as my career grows, as I help people, as I get help, that the quality of your questions determine the quality of your life. And that is just something I have become diehard about. What question do you think needs to be asked of yourself when you make a decision to start down this journey into a business, into a space like this? I, I look at it is how are you going to help people? And this is what I teach my acquisition guys. Is a perfect example. I was in. Uh, I have a. My, I have an office. My acquisition guys sit in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I was there on Monday. I was sitting with them. We. It was a great. By the way, I appreciate this, Michael, because this is exactly what we talked about: is what are the questions you a are asking in order to help people? Commercial real estate is a business where there's a reason why someone's selling. Okay, it's they have an issue, a challenge, and you have to understand in order to solve it for them and save it could be you know a physician in our say like in our sector what we're working on medical office doctor group want to expand locations more equipment maybe a partner dissolution it could be a variety a litany of reasons you have to ask the right questions to understand you know what's going on with the practice what do you guys do what do you specialize in where are the ages of the doctor you start asking questions and listening to their answers you could ask follow-up questions 
And this is why I say to our acquisition guys is that you don't have to tell Alliance that we have capital to close. Everyone knows we does. Everyone knows we can get loans. Everyone knows we have, you know, 30 years plus of experience as a company. But the reality is, is that the questions you ask and a good listener and follow-up questions and the questions you ask will build rapport and show your experience in any business, whether it's commercial real estate, whether it's coaching, whether you, you see what I'm saying, rapport is built naturally through your questions. And so I was teaching our folks this because I thought it was really important. And so the question I would ask if I was getting started in business, especially commercial real estate is, how am I going to help people? Okay. And then I would ask my myself, Am I the best version of myself right now? What are things that I can work on? Do I need to be a better listener? Do I need to be more comfortable in my own skin? Is my confidence low? Okay, because I have to come off, you know, and when you're starting in commercial real estate, you almost have to fake it till you make it because you don't have money and you don't have credit and you're building yourself up, but how you carry yourself and your confidence and your knowledge. And so determine, like, I would ask myself if I was starting off, like, where are my weaknesses and how can I leverage that into other people and into myself to learn to develop the person I need to be to get to the outcome? So I would ask myself, what's the outcome I want to achieve? And I would say, where are my weaknesses, my shortcomings, and who can I leverage into to be able to overcome that? That's why I'm resource rich right now, because I don't know everything. Okay. And I don't claim to. And to be honest with you, I don't want to. I don't have so much mind space, but I am outstanding at what I do. And I'm a seven tool player and I could do everything and teach it. However, I've had to, I brought in great experts and I have four egos. I had to take the Ben Reinberg egos, I had to separate them out and take people, hire people to handle my egos. So what are they? Well, it's acquisitions, it's how to finance deals, how to negotiate leases, loans purchase and sale agreements. I had to hire that person. And then how to raise equity. I had to figure out how am I going to find someone to raise equity like I do throughout the years. There's an art to it. It's not easy. And so I, that's what I would do as a young man. I would say I would leverage into talent. I would find out my shortcomings. I would try to accelerate my learning curve as much as possible. It's one of the things I love about the internet. It's one of the beautiful things is that nowadays, you know, and Dave can probably remember, we used to go to the library and you'd read encyclopedias and there was microfish. And that's how we learned as young men. We had to go out there and, and get the knowledge. Nowadays, it's on your phone. It's on our cabinet. It's people listening to this live um, uh, interaction. And so there's a lot more knowledge out there. The learning curve should be shorter in our business if you really put the time in to do it. So for me, that's kind of what I would ask myself as a young man. And I still ask myself that today, Michael, I'm like, okay, what do I need to work on? That's why like, I'm so into personal development because I had to figure out like, how do I deal with the different generations? How do I communicate with different people? Okay, how do I deal with a woke society? I had to figure out like, all these things, like how do I get my mind around this stuff? So I'm like, well, I got to work on myself. I got to learn. I got to, I got to read more. I have to ask questions. I have to call a guy like Dave Meltzer and say, Hey, I have this challenge. How would you do it? You know? So I tap into people to keep progressing because as you guys know, which is so amazing in this society with the technology is like, things are moving so fast now. And it's like, how do we keep up? Okay. And we're all of us, we're not getting younger. So like your energy, gets depleted too. 
you know, believe me, if I could, I have a couch in my office and a love seat. If I could take a nap at like four o'clock for a half hour, it'd be like a beautiful thing. Cause I'm exhausted from all the, how much screen time can we be on? I'm, I'm on like 10 zooms a day. So it gets that much. And so, you know, I'm just figuring it out like everyone else, but I, I would just tell everyone, work on yourself, keep growing, keep improving, tap into other people. That's what's going to benefit you over the long haul. Well, that'll be my, my next lesson for you, Ben, is uh, you and I, all those young people, we share the same amount of energy. We just got to figure out what we're doing to interfere with it. So take away that love seat in the couch. We'll give you a different mindset. I do have a message in reference to library to all of those wonderful people that I went to law school with that used to steal books that I needed in order to effectuate my season and my briefs, you're number one. Thank you so much for stealing those books. I really appreciate it when I was in law school. Uh, obviously those rids that weren't on loans and uh, they did not have the same diligence that I had in law school that I needed to get good grades in order to make something of myself. You guys are number one, all you book thieves out there. Now you can't steal the internet. Everyone has access to the same information, even the poor kid. So uh, one poor kid to another, Ben, you got to come back and join us on our shows. You are a wealth of knowledge. We appreciate you giving the directions to where you are. Always reaching back, pull a seat up for those that need a seat at your table, but also reaching out in front of you to sit at different tables of people who know things that you don't know. Uh, we appreciate your humility, vulnerability, and the guidepost to success. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Good seeing you. Have a great day. Great seeing you. Thank you. What a stud. That was awesome. Why is it most really successful realtors, guys in real estate, have beautiful hair? I was with Ryan Serhant last week, and he had like the exact same perfect hair. It's like I'm business with Ken, and I'm not Barbie. That's the problem. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll move on. These human Ken dolls. We got the three amigos here. Unken like amigos, may I add to us, we want to fit in into the Newport Beach commercial real estate crowd. Uh, but nonetheless, we hold our own. We uh, we're going to end in a very solid note. Uh, Laura has been waiting in the wings patiently. Laura Fredericks is here. She's an author, a speaker, incredible consultant. You can find her at laurafredericks.com. She has a new book, Hard Ask Made Easy. Uh, and I was so excited to have her here because it is the way to get exactly what you want to subscribe to the ability to not only trust people, but to vet them with those hard ass that make us uncomfortable and welcome to office hours to help us with the uncomfortable uh, proposition of asking hard questions. Thanks for joining us, Laura. Oh, thanks for having me. I've been really excited. I'm jazzed up about this. So fire away. That was, that was right, definitely entertaining. So I, I usually haven't flipped off people by now, but I did today. I was just reminiscing in resentment of missing books when he said libraries. But you at least, I think, are experienced enough to actually have had to go to a library once in your life as well, unfortunate fortunate young people. Uh, here's the thing I have about hard ass. Um, they're the most valuable thing. We don't unless we ask. And two, we're not protected unless we ask the hard questions as well. And I see in my own career that I know the truth and I'm afraid of asking hard questions or hard asks. And then I blame the person when the truth comes out for me not asking the question to reveal the truth. And so there are two different dichotomies of asking 
uh, as you say, hard ass. And to make it easy is an incredible value, which is why everybody should get this book. How do we deal with both type of have the hard ass meaning to receive something, and then we have the hard ass to vet somebody as well. Well, the reason I've made it incredibly easy is no matter what ask you do, any gradation of how you qualify hard ass, every ask is two sentences and a question. That is the magic formula. And I'm going to go through it with you and, and show you how it works. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. So let's say um, someone wants to work for you, David. Someone wants to intern for you. Someone wants to you know, shadow you, learn from you. Someone wants to work really hard for very little money. I got it. Right. Okay, good. What they do is they come in and they have this circular conversation. David, you're such a great guy. I've been following your career. And, and, and it's trailing off. And by the time you actually get to it, was it asked, was it buried? And you now don't even know what you have to decide. So I say, so let's say I, I'm the person who, who wants to work with you. I said, you know, two, two sentences. First, always use their first name. They wake up. David, thank you for your time. I have something really important on my mind. I think this is going to go really well. Number two, I've thought long and hard about who I want to mentor with. And this is one of the reasons why. And give the reason. Okay. Can we talk about this now? Is this a good time? It's really important to me. Question. You, at, you end on a question so that you talk. In any ask situation, no matter how hard it is, you should be talking 75%, the decision maker, and I should be talking 25. In every sales, in every personal relationship, in any teenager wanting something from their parent, you're talking way too much. So that's why the formula is two sentences and a question. No matter what it is, no matter what age you're asking, that's the formula. That'll get you what you want. I love it. I'm glad Raduka is producing my show because uh, she loves to give the history of the clock before she asks me for a favor. And I would do anything for her. I tell her all the time, I am your biggest fan. Treat me like your biggest fan when you ask me for help or ask me for any question that you may have. Go ahead, Mikey D. Laura, biggest thing that I always find with people, and I've never had this problem, is they, they, they can't get out of their comfort zone to ask, and they're people pleasers. So they're so worried about being rejected. If I'm not good enough. I just ask. I'm like, oh, can I do it? Not do it? Ah, you rejected me, whatever. How do you train people who are a little bit introverted, I'm extroverted, to step into that uncomfortable area that they could get rejected and then not be a people pleaser? It's okay to sit if someone says no. It's okay. It's okay. It's not going to ruin your life. Go on to the next person. So how do you coach people on that? There's two ways. Number one, in the book, I have the four askers, which are you? And you're going to take a quiz. And the personality you described is the empathizer. They always put themselves in the other person's shoes. And when they do that, they've talked themselves out. And so they're almost ready for a, no, I can't do it, maybe, whatever. And so in the book, I have who you are, what the advantages are, let's stay positive, what the challenges are, and what the refinements are. So if you find yourself in one or more of those categories, now we need to go forward. So that's step number one. Step number two is, do you know the number one reason why people don't ask? And before you answer... It is not rejection and it is not hearing no. The number one reason why people don't ask, this gets to your comment, Mike, they're afraid they'll hear a response they won't know how to respond to. 
They'll talk it out of their heads. On Nobody wants to look especially in business. No one wants to look unknowledgeable. You don't, you weren't prepared. And so that's why I created the five laws of asking. Get them done right, you'll get exactly what you want. So even if that person that you just described is holding back, can't do it, really reticent, if you walk through these steps, and remember structure is our friend, if you walk through these steps, you'll get exactly what you want. Mike, I don't That's want to cut off. I, I love how you always do the positive to plant in the person's subconscious mind that it's going to turn out positive. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Mike. I love that. You no, always but also, the positive. No, I tell people the win is that you made the ask, not the result. When you come yes. off the result, it comes to you. So you won because you got it out. And when people say, really? This is incredible. I'm like, you won, honey. You won. And they're like, now they're kind of puffed up and they're good and they're ready to go. I, I absolutely love that, Laura. And and Mike, no worries. I, I was actually going to lead right into that because you're spot on. And I think that's such an important to note, right? Because people fail to look at the positivity. We step into negative negativity so easily, rejection so easily. Uh, as David always says, our, our ego loves to be right. But sometimes that being right is actually being wrong. Right. Sometimes that right is getting stuck and not doing the thing that progresses you forward. Uh, Laura, I'm so curious. What has occurred in your life that led you down the path to create this formula? That, because and as, as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm, I'm not following the formula. I realize that in real time. But I can't help but wonder, like, how do you how do you extrapolate all this data in your own personal life to be able to create something that feels so poignant and and staccato? Right. Um, It's a crowded house up here. No joke. (laughs) Um, Just when you string along, you got to think about every experience brought you to the new experience. Right. So um, like David, I'm a lawyer. And before that, I'm a journalist. And now I know how to ask good questions and I had to get I know how to get the answer. But I also know that structure, if you apply structure to it, you're going to get everybody to follow along. And that's why I created the two sentences and a question, because I saw so many people and I've managed so many people and I've coached so many people. They're already talking so much that you have to keep it simple. I mean, we're in a soundbite world. Okay, you're not going to have the luxury to have more than maybe seven minutes with a person. Now, post-COVID, people know exactly what they want and what they don't want. You might get one shot at this, so you have to make it crystal clear so that you, Michael, will know what you're responding to. And that's how I came up with the formula. And that formula, the never Two sentences and one question. Five laws of asking. I'm going to have to squeeze one more question in out of selfishness. Um, one of the faded evolutions in my own open-ended question guide, which is similar and aligned to the never fail ask formula, is understanding open mind. Because there's so much connectivity today that when we reach out with our ask, there's multiple fields and spheres of influence that can increase our statistical success of our ask. When we take into consideration, do you know anyone that can help me and broaden the scope and bill of the ask? But one of the things, a subtlety that I notated in your ask example was a facilitation of, you know, mind notating in my mind that everyone has an open mind some of the time. Uh, some people have closed minds the majority of the time. Some people have open minds the majority of the time. But you included in your question is this the right time? And that seems 
to be applicable in all scenarios that you want to deal with an open mind, do you suggest utilizing in your one question some sort of framework about time to determine the aspect of an open mind? So the, the, the time aspect can go either way, right? Because most people say, why would you even mention that? Because it's an out for a person. No, it's not the right yes. time. I don't want to talk about it. But it's the two-sentence lead-in. And the lead-in the second sentence is when you say, this is important to me. And people leave that out. This is important ah. to me. You're going to get further because the people are going to say, well, okay, yeah, it's important. Let's let's talk about it or even get it, get it over with or whatever. But it's being respectful of their time but also getting in what you want. Yeah, and if you ask that and they still don't have the time, you now statistically helped yourself because it's getting the success, not the outcome. And even an outcome of no or this isn't the right time has extreme value. Uh, Laura, make me one promise. I have a question. Please come back and visit us. I, I would love to. Just please have me back. We got, we got plenty of shows for you. We uh, totally rever, uh, revere in genius the expression of God. And when you're speaking, not only in your book, but here on interviews, you are expressing the truth, the vibration or frequency. I can't tell you. Uh, I know my friend Ben takes notes. I record these things and then transcribe them. So I'm a little more technologically advanced than that young 53-year-old. Uh, so I will definitely be cutting and pasting the notations of the transcriptions of this because you're a genius. And I absolutely will recommend this book along with our open-ended question template. Genius. We are all better off for your existence. and your We all appreciate you sharing your genius with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We learn together. Yes, we do. <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you. I, that that is my kind of girl. Like uh, like pragmatic, clear, taking you know years of experience and success and failure and setbacks, void shortages, obstacles and resistance that exist in asking, and giving us comfort, confidence, and ease in asking with a very simple, pragmatic, never fail ask formula. Check out the book. If you didn't catch everything here, if you just want to review it, go to laurafredericks.com on everywhere you want to go. Her new book. Hard ask made easy. How to get exactly what you want. That sounds good to me, except for I want exactly what I want or better, utilizing radical humility that I don't know what I don't know, but I am protected and pr promoted by that uh, promotion of knowing what I want or better. All right, boys, real quickly, I'm going to let Mobile Mike go first, if that's okay, Diamond Mike. Mobile Mike, uh, what is your take on the day? Man, uh, first off, shout out to the team. Another amazing office hours. You guys are freaking crushing it right now. Um, my biggest takeaway, it, it just is the theme of the day, the quality of our questions and how to ask them. Uh, this is the number one thing that I struggled up with and probably still to an extent. That's why I always ask you guys for help. And uh, I think that if you can really leverage the, the willingness to seek the possibility in your question, your life will be incredibly different because people do want to help you. Yes, they do. I guarantee that I know you do. Mike does. And it's so I got so mad from that. Like it, I and from Mikey as well. Um, well, first of all, to me, this I was telling someone the other day, right? You've got to play the long game. But here's what people this is why people quit. See, in life, when you have a goal and, and you don't know it's a marathon in life, if someone told us the end of the movie or told us you were going to see a movie and told you the end, you'd walk out of the cinema. So you're not supposed to know the end of the movie. 
the process is what you learn. You get around the right people and you take the bumps and you play the marathon and it reveals itself at the end. And what I got from everything from today is everyone stays in process. They do the basics and they, they don't, they just, they just stay in the process every day and a little bit every day gets revealed So do the hard yards, but you're not supposed to know how it ends. Because like I said, if Dave gives me the end of the movie, I walk out. I'm like, I don't want to see the end of the movie. I already know the answers. So stay in the process. I love that. And that's where entitlement from not just knowing the end of the movie, but if you knew what it took to get to the end of the movie, you also totally, man. And, you know, and mine is relative to everyone and what was said. And, and Ben really articulated it. It just, you know, I talk about capturing what resonates with me and I get the whole, you know, notepad thing, but how do you access all that information? Uh, I've moved on, you know, into the technical world to be able to access and search uh, all of that. But I agree, we need to write down what resonates with me. And what resonates most with me is, and it's really to the context of what you're saying, go through life notating the ability to hold. Hold the relationships that are valuable to you. Hold the money that's valuable to you. Hold the behaviors that are, no matter how hard it gets, hold you got to have, if you're going to take that long marathon game, you got to have and hold the confidence and the inspiration and the kindness and the humility that it takes to get to where you want to be or better each day. So uh, what resonated with me, and this was like, I, I'm with you two guys. Every time, you know, I get frustrated having employees in overhead, I come to the show and I realized how it is on my mission to have employees in overhead because I couldn't do the show without having employees in overhead. And they did such a great job. There's so much gold here. It's an MBA in a day. Uh, and so just like with my relationship with my employees and the overhead that I carry for this role venture, I have the ability to hold. And that's what resonates with me. And I hold on to the friendships, most importantly, with Mike Diamond and Michael and Brogan. Thank you guys for always showing up. And uh, I will laugh and scoff and make fun of the no-shows, but you guys are the shows, not the no-show. I think when I came in, you caught the end of my comment to my team about no-shows, and I was saying, these are the shows. I'm tired of the no-shows in my life. Uh, always thank you both for showing up. We'll see you soon. I wish you were coming to go dispense it with me tomorrow. Uh, we'll be in St. Louis on Sunday. We got so many different places we can put you. Please don't forget to reach out. It's a dose of positivity when you're with Michael Unbroken and Michael Diamond. Thank you both. Bye, man. See you guys. Guys. Bye, Mobile Mike. I love you. All right. Everybody, I'm going to update you on what's going on. Tomorrow is Thursday. I'm going to be not only with Chicharito. I'm not only going to be with Dr. Kim Vu. I'm not only going to be with Dr. Pascal. Not only with Sam, I am. Uh, only with Chad himself, not only with Salo Beltran, but the incredible Dr. Joe Dispenza. That's right. People pay thousands of dollars to sit in an arena with him, watch him on a screen. Why not sit down in an intimate dinner of 50 with all of these incredible greats? There will never be a better opportunity, and I hope you are showing up. Uh, we will have so many different people over the years for you to have an intimate conversation, to build a relationship with David at dmelzer.com is how you get there. If you want to get alerts on where we're at, we're going to be doing a training, a men's retreat in Santa Barbara tomorrow, all those ordinary people. And then Sunday, we got a whole nother family showing up in St. Louis. 
Come and join me, David at dmelter.com. Call me at nine. Call me. Text me at 949-298-2905 over there. And uh, most importantly, I want to thank everyone, especially my team, my employees, and my overhead for making my life so blessed. I want to appreciate all of you. But still remember, be more interested and interesting. Most importantly, be kind. Be kind to your future self and do good deeds. We'll see you tomorrow from Santa Barbara. Peace.